0: If you are tired of feeling stuck and disempowered in your life, you're in the right place. I'm your host, life coach and breathwork guide, Tracy Sabo. The Empowered Place podcast is a place for empowerment in all aspects of life. Empowerment in spiritual growth, entrepreneurship, creativity, health, money, relationships, but most important of all, empowerment in your self-worth. For if we don't truly know how worthy we are, we will never be satisfied. Through my own personal journey with breathwork, somatic practices, and inner child healing, I have come to a place of my own empowerment in knowing I deserve to thrive in all that I am and all that I do. This is also possible for you too. And I am very honored to have you here and guide you back into the remembrance of who you truly are. Here, we don't give away our power. Here, we become empowered. Hello, my loves. Welcome to a new week. Welcome to a new episode. I am... Am personally so excited for this episode and I hope you are too just by reading the title today I wanted to incorporate two of my favorite driving forces in my life um, spirituality and wellness and self-development that kind of all comes hand in hand in one for me and traveling and I couldn't have brought on a better person to be my first guest on my podcast. And to talk about this topic in particular, you will be listening to Luke Fitzgerald. He is a person that I found on YouTube uh, a few months back, probably five months ago now. And I have been so inspired ever since. From the first, first video I ever watched on his channel, he has given me so much inspiration, so much comfort, and so much so much validation. It's not like I need the validation, but it was almost like that extra push, that extra push for me to do what I really want to do in life and motivate me to be like, stop overthinking it. Just do it because you clearly want to. You clearly can't stop thinking about it. It's what lights you up and that's travel. And he was so gracious enough to accept my offer to bring him on the podcast. We had a fantastic over, over an hour conversation together, and I'm sharing it with you right here, right now. Can travel really help you connect deeper to your spirit? It's all coming up here on Empowered Embodiment. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hey, Luke, how are you doing today? Good morning.
1: Good
2: morning. Good morning from a very end. good. Well, good evening for you on yeah. the other side of the world.
0: We are a 12-hour difference.
2: Yeah. And
0: you are, where are you located in the world?
2: Uh, in Bali, Bali, Indonesia. Little small little place that everyone is trying to get to right now, but they happen to be closed. So um, I feel for the world. I'm trying to share as much as I can.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you do. And I think this is why we've connected because I actually found you through YouTube a couple months ago. You have this amazing YouTube channel that has been, (laughs) no, really you do. Like it's given me Mm. so much comfort and solace and inspiration and positivity that you bring to it. And so just tell us a little bit about your YouTube channel and Mm -hmm. what you started with that.
2: Yeah, well, um, well, the name Luke Life Charms came because I just was trying to, like most people, you maybe you're doing something in your life and you're like, I want to do more. Like something happens, there's always some kind of catalyst in your life. And you're like, I want to do more than this. I know I can do more. I know there's more for me to do. And I couldn't figure out what that was. And I just had to try a bunch of different things. And someone just suggested to me, as most of the time will happen, it just be a little seed someone plants. It can be five, 10 years in the past. And it was just like, you should just do like a blog or a blog or something. And I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm just going to start sharing YouTube videos. And so, I mean, if I just summarize it really quick, is I just was like, well, let me just share my experience. Everyone wants to know why I'm happy and how I stay smiling and all this all the time. And they're like, is it real? I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll show you how. And I started by just saying, I'm just going to record videos on my phone and post them. And then someone came to me and said, you know, Luke, these videos are great, but like what makes them so different from someone else? Like what makes what you say, someone can just look at it and repeat it. You know, and as something that if all you listen to the podcast can look up, Jesse Itzler, he's uh, Sarah Blakely's husband. He always says, what makes your brownie special? Meaning that's who you are, what makes it special? And I thought about that and I was like, well, what makes it special is I kind of outgoing, I walk around, I kind of do this stuff. But I was like, well, let me get a good camera and then I'll just walk to a place and film. And I looked up on the internet, like, a camera. And there was this camera that popped up, uh, Canon G7X. And this guy, I don't even know who he was. He was a Canadian. And since this time, I've reached out to him and told him thank you. But he's just like, this is the best camera if you want to really record video. Casey Neistat said that this is the best, and he's the master of cameras. And I was like, who is Casey Neistat? Like, who is this guy? And why is he the master of cameras? And it shows you that curiosity is very powerful. It's something that is often suppressed as we grow up. And it's just do what you're told, look at this. And it's like, I've never lost that curiosity, which is what I think traveling can be so amazing. So I use that curiosity and be like, well, let me look up Casey Neistat. And it showed himself being a blogger and he showed all these videos. And I was like, that's what can make my brownie special is I'm living in the South of France. I walk around all the time. I have all this free time and I can share and empower people because that was what my goal that was my North Star was to try to share and show people how to do this as well. And from that point on, um, one of the biggest things people struggle with is a name. And I couldn't think of a name. I didn't want to use like Luke Fitzgerald and my friends was like, just do Luke charms or Luke life something. I was like, all right, Luke life charms sounds great. And I'm like, no, one's going to remember that. Like it's a hard name. But at that time, I was reading a book called total recall by Arnold Schwarzenegger. And one of his biggest fears, why Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't even go to the States. Cause he said, no one would ever be able to say my name. He's like, no one would ever be able to pronounce my name. Mm-hmm. So He's just like that almost held him back from leaving Austria to come to the States. And now everyone can say Arnold Schwarzenegger's name. And that's when I hit my mind, like the name is what's stopping me. I got to just go. People will know Luke Life Charms. And that that was like this belief I had before I even saw anything. And from that point on, I just didn't overthink it. I just put out videos and I was like, people are going to watch it one day. And that's kind of the premise of how it started. <laughs> yeah.
0: And and you have a lot of videos out there, whether they're short <laughs> or a little bit longer. And it's something that really caught my eye with your videos, um, especially in the beginning, was that, and you you still do it to this day, but is that you really do make it as raw as possible. Like You don't edit too, too much. Because I, mm-hmm. I feel, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like mm-hmm. you really want to make the person watching feel like um, they're there with you. And you really yeah. achieve that, um, and 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 your energy just exudes through the videos. And so, um, yeah. Thank you. If, um, if if people wanted to find you, um, what would they type into YouTube?
2: Uh, Luke Life Charms is probably the most interesting one. As you type that in, you'll see a bunch: Luke Life Charms, Poland, Luke Life Charms, Bali, Luke Life Charms, Bulgaria, and then just kind of choose where you want to go that day, <laughs> and then just click it. But Luke Life Charms is the name.
0: Luke like Luke Life Charms.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well, And I must say, I'm glad that you noticed about the rawness of it. That's something that's really important, especially in the society that we live in. And it's one reason um, in this podcast, I love how it's just raw and out there because that's Mm -hmm. what life is. Life is raw and life is up and downs and life is mistakes and life is losing your train of thought or losing track of what you're trying to say. And when you edit that part out, people all of a sudden, and the reason why people do it is they want to come off as perfect, but perfect for me now through what I've learned in my life is the lowest standard. So being perfect makes you, you feel like it makes you relatable. Like people will like me there, but it actually makes you unrelatable. And it also a lot makes other people think that they can't do what you do because how perfect you make it seem. And if that's what your goal is to be perfect, then I think you'll always, most people will never say that they're perfect in anything. you know. So you actually never, you self-sabotage yourself chasing something that there's no way you can ever achieve. So by trying to make things unperfect and showing it raw, and, and there was times when I, I wanted to edit it and I was like, wow, this edit is too nice. This camera's too nice and it's such a great job. I'm like, I gotta do something to make this seem more real. Like I gotta trip or I gotta make the camera almost fall. I gotta yeah. keep in some kind of crazy edit. So people are like, oh, this guy, he does put his pants on one leg at a time. He's not just this like superhuman thing, you know? And just saying the emotion that really clicks to people. I realize it's a little hack being like, guys, I'm recording this podcast. I'm a little bit tired. Didn't sleep so well last night, but I'm excited to be here. People relate to that. Jumping on a stage, like when I do a talk, the first thing I always say is like, guys, I'm super nervous to be in front of you all talking right now. And that instantly makes the pressure off of me and makes the people watching to be like, yeah, I can imagine being on that stage and being nervous. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we've made a connection off of true, like really like, yeah, I'm nervous. And, yes. yeah.
0: and you're so good at it, but it's like you don't even have to try because you're just being yourself. We, we need exactly. more people like you to just be authentically free in their spirit, to be open, to be like, hey, listen, any judgment that anyone is is projecting onto me has nothing to do with me it literally I love it projection of that's beautiful with them and 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 their inner world so you know you are literally like a permission slip you give people that Mm. permission to be like nothing else matters what you feel what you perceive and how you move through the world is what matters because that's what's going to make an impression on people
2: yeah you said it's so perfect and I can hear just in your voice how calm you are that you embody that because like how can you be so calm everything's going on in the world like It has nothing to do with me.
1: Yeah.
2: Like nothing. And when you really realize that, I mean, I'm sure you can you can think of this, like you just feel free. Someone can say, Hey, you're this is the worst, this is the worst interview I've ever heard. You're like, Well, I'm sorry, (laughs) whatever's going on in your life, hope you're okay. Yeah, nothing to do with me, (laughs) has nothing to do with the body, it's all about them, their inner world projected. So I love that.
0: I I love that. And you know, it's it's taken me a long time to Realize that and e- even even now and then I'll still have slip-ups, of course, but I'll I'll know to pull myself back in and, and be like, wait, hold on, like don't let the ego take over. Um, but we're all human and it's okay. It's 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 okay to have slip-ups, but just know that you know you have the power to absolutely choose how you feel in every moment, no matter what anyone says to you, no matter how they react, no matter what they're doing.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Don't, don't give them your
2: power. Exactly. Keep your power. I I love it. And you you said it, you said it perfect. Like it's okay to slip up, but when you really look at society, it's not okay to slip up. It's not okay to, it's not okay to miss a day at work. Like it's not okay to miss a question on a test. Like that's what we're like conditioned that when we're in that genius phase from zero to seven and really from zero to 12, because we really just follow what is fun. And as we grow up, we just kind of goes out the window, like fun. What's fun for us? Like traveling used to be fun, you know, for some people. But traveling stopped being fun for a lot of people, and it just was an escape. And escaping the life that they have was fun, mm-hmm. but it was more focused on the escape. Because when you're focused on, like a child focuses on playtime. If you tell the child they have five minutes or ten minutes to play, the child is focused for ten minutes, hundred percent on playing. Now, an adult. If adult says, okay, you got 10 minute break to do whatever you want. The whole time, the 10 minutes were like, man, we gotta go back to work in 10 minutes. Man, this is not enough time. How can they just give us this? And you're just like, wait, what? You know, and it's just, yeah, it's just different.
0: In head. They're not in their body enough. They're not realizing like, okay, this is my time. This is for me. There's nothing to worry about. Just live in the present moment. You know?
1: Absolutely, 100%. And, and I, I,
0: I just love how the conversation like turned into that like so soon and I love that. <laughs> um, and I I do want to incorporate travel in the mix with all this too because this is one of the big reasons why I reached out to you because, um, I just feel like travel has um, it just it just seems like travel has fulfilled you so much mm-hmm. so many different ways and so I was just wondering what are some aspects of travel that you believe shaped you into who you are mm-hmm. today like is there anything that really stands out.
2: Um. Yeah, I think the maybe the number one thing that stands out to me is how it shaped my perception of what I thought was true. Meaning if you grow up, like the easiest example that I use is growing up in Cleveland. Like I remember I've been gone for 20 years almost from Cleveland. And in that time, averaging maybe two or three weeks there a year since that time period. Mm -hmm. But I can remember very vividly growing up and 10 minutes in the winter of my morning was shoveling snow like 10 minutes was shoveling snow. That's what I did. I shoveled snow so my parents could get out the driveway Then we moved and that was like 20 minutes shoveling and then shoveling it again so they could come back in in the night. And my mindset, if I stay in that world is okay, I got to, I'm going to get stronger. And when I get older, I'm going to hire someone to shovel the snow, even though I hate it. And you know, I'm going to just buy, I'm going to have money. And I'm going to buy a nice coat so then I could deal with the cold, even though I don't like it. And I have all these beliefs and you start to plan your life around the snow, winter's coming, I gotta do this. And what's amazing though, is when you travel, you really, you mean there's a place that I can go where it doesn't snow? And imagine that, how that shifts your perspective on life. Mm -hmm. So now instead of all your energy being like, I can't deal with that, like, I don't wanna deal, like, just like, you know, like I wish my parents have said, like, you know, when you get older, you can move to a place where it never snows. And just implementing that in someone's head as a child makes them see beyond and changes their, their perspective completely. And one thing I love doing when I meet people or I talk to people is I love dropping that seed of just like, well, you know, like my favorite thing to drop in people's minds is, well, what do you want? Mm-hmm. You know, people usually nowadays, people meet me and they come to me with questions. Every message that I get, if I get hundred messages, 75 of them are questions. And they're like, should I move to Bali? What do you think about this? And, I, and the question's like, well, what do you want? And that plants a seed of them to water. Like, well, I, I don't know what I want. Like, like, well, you have all the possibilities out there. Like, and I think a lot of times what we do is we get so stuck in our world, where we're from, the religion we're in, and in a sense, our dogma and traveling, what it does is like, for example, I was raised with one religion, religion and culture, but then I come here and I'm like, wait a minute, you can just sit on the side of the street and eat? Like I can wear sandals every single day. Like if I do this back in my culture, it's like, well, what's going on? Like, what are you doing? Especially with the American culture, um, the whole, the bigger car and then the bigger house and you get caught in this. And then when you step out of that world, you come to Asia, for example, Southeast Asia, which is the total polar opposite. You realize that the people here are working for $400 a, a month, happy, they're laughing, there's no stress at work. Like they lay down on their phones with their feet up on the, on, the, on the kitchen. Like, cause no one's there, they're taking a nap. You go into the restaurant, like, hey, excuse me. And they wake up and they come and make your food. Like, you're like, wow, in the States. And because of that perspective now, no matter what happens, you change and you become more open. You become more open to what's going on. And I think that when you start to open your mind like that it opens it in different perspectives. Because then you become addicted to talking to people who have a different perspective. Sometimes, if you talk to someone and they're so closed minded, like, no, you have to do it like this. Like, you have to go to college. You have to do this. And it's like, well, what about the billionaires who didn't? And people don't think like that sometimes. They're so stuck in their way, and travel opens that up because you see every possibility. You meet people who worked all their life and retired at 70, and now they come overseas to live and enjoy their life. And you meet someone at 19 who, had 700 bucks saved up, and then just bought a one-way flight. And you see this, and then all of a sudden, that spectrum changes, and you're like, wait a minute, well, what do I want? Do I want to wait till I'm 65 to start enjoying my life, or do I want to just do it now with this $800 that I have? Yeah. And that's the huge shift, I believe.
0: Yeah, there, there definitely is um, a, a programming that happens when you grow up. Um, honestly, I, I, I think more so in the states than a lot of other places with this american dream that everyone talks about and um as that being an, an american dream it's like okay well if you're born in america and you are american then you have to have that same dream it's like no no uh what if i don't want what if i don't want a white picket fence in front of my house what if i literally yeah. am so much of a free spirit that? it takes me around the world, and that's even more fulfilling.
2: Exactly. Ain't nothing
0: wrong with that in my book, you know? <laughs> a,
2: hundred, a hundred percent. I love that. It's,
0: it's, again, and you you said something that stood out to me was um, the, the phrase, like, closed-minded, that that's just it. Like, people are too closed-minded with that stuff. It's like, okay, I, okay, I understand, like, you know, your your mom might have wanted you to do something specific in in your career because she didn't get to do it in hers and so that's kind of like um you filling her dreams through you and it's like well yeah but it's Mm. just because we're family doesn't mean that it needs to be yeah everyone's wishes in one person you know you know exactly i definitely definitely vibe with that and now that we're talking about bali i'm actually really excited to ask you some things about bali because i've never been Mm. and i really that's like a bucket list and i really want to go one day and i i just i see oh god i see gorgeous videos and pictures all the time of bali and people just people just being really happy there and so i wanted to ask you like what are some things you think, cause, cause you've been out there for a while, a li- little over a year, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Crazy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've been
0: stationed there for a bit. Um, yeah. What are some things you think make Bali such a spiritual place? Because I heard that it is one of the most spiritual places mm-hmm. in the whole
2: world. Yeah, um, well, this isn't my, yeah, I, I, I've heard it and i felt that. Um, and, you know, this isn't my idea. I, I, I realized this and someone pointed it out and then I'm like, that's what I've been feeling the whole time. Um, the, the thing that makes Bali so special and such a spiritual place is because Bali is a mirror mm-hmm. and it amplifies whatever is in that mirror. So if someone is, if you're a super down to earth, chill, relaxed, want to eat healthy, when you come here, you're going to have to be in the best shape of your life. You're gonna go on more walks. You're gonna eat more healthy foods. You're gonna amplify that. If you're an alcoholic, you're gonna come here and you're gonna drink every day at the beach with your surfboard sitting there. If you're someone who loves to give and help out other people, you're gonna come here and see that 50 cents feeds a family, like one person for a day. So you're going to, you're gonna become an ultimate giver. You're gonna give so much more. You can feed 20 families a day for the price of what it would cost you to eat at a Western place. But if you're someone who's stingy, and someone who's very cheap then you'll come here and you'll stay in a place for 30 bucks a month. And so it's going to really amplify what it is. So people who are willing to do the work on themselves and willing to be honest with yourself, you have a lot of room to grow. You'll grow because you see like wow, I'm being pretty stingy in this area. Or I I need to be more open to other people's beliefs. Like you'll expose people's open-mindedness and you'll expose people's closed-mindedness and and it just, and then it amplifies it in the mirror for you, mm. which is why some people can't stand to stay in Bali because it's too much to be with themselves. Mm. The same reason why people can't stay with themselves in general, like it's too much. They need distractions. If anything, 2020 taught us was that when the distractions are, take away, are taken away, you're forced to sit with your own demons. And if you're not willing to fight them, then you really will almost struggle here. You know, one thing that I work with my clients about, and there's a few because since I'm living in Bali, they all want to come here. Some of them have been here already. And one thing that I always point out to them is like, you know, we all ask ourselves questions in our life. We all ask ourselves very similar questions. So, common, there's a popular question everyone asks themselves all the time like, man, why is this happening to me? Why is this not enough? Why can't I get it right? Why is this like this? And these are questions that we ask ourselves on repeat. It's a pattern of thinking. And one thing is when I start, with even talking to someone in general, it's like that's who you are right now. This person with a pattern on repeat. And everyone, because of what you said about spirituality and Bali, they think they come here and they're gonna be healed from it. And I'm just like, Bali is gonna amplify that. Bali, you're gonna be sitting on a beach with a coconut on day number four, and you're gonna be like, Why is this happening to me? Why can't I be happy? Why? And now no one will understand you. Now you'll really feel alone because everyone, everyone uses this quote of, I'd rather be crying in my Lamborghini or my private plane, than crying on the bus. When I think if you look at the energetics of that on a on a human experience level, you wouldn't. You would want to cry in a bus because if you cry in a bus, people have sympathy for you. People will, will, will understand why you're on the bus crying. They'll ask about it. But if I were to pull over my Ferrari on the side of the road and sit there crying, no one would care because everyone would look at you like you have everything. Like, imagine if I just made YouTube videos sitting on the beach crying about the things that I'm that are bothering me in my life. No one would take me serious because there's this image of like, you're in a perfect place, so you need to be happy. You should be fine. So if you don't do the work almost before, when you come here, it's amplified. Now, when it's amplified, you can deal with it, but people who run away from their problems, it's going to amplify that. You got a lot of places to run away.
0: <laughs> I really like that. Actually, I really like the way you said that, the fact that it amplifies, um, especially problems that you perceive might be problems um yeah because i i I just hear a lot of people especially young people like us that go out to bali to um soul search or like you know to like get get Mm -hmm. more into spirituality and that's great. Like, go ahead and, and do that, but just know that you're not escaping anything.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And
0: I really like that you pointed that out and that uh, everything's just an amplification. Once you do get rid of all those distractions, um, that's just your time to really sit with yourself and start.
2: Are you going to face them or not? You're going to face the problems or.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So that's, wow. That's super amazing. And I actually saw, I think it was on Instagram maybe the other day, Uh, I peeped on your stories real quick. Were you having a ceremony in your backyard? I thought that was so beautiful.
2: Yes, (laughs) yeah, so so here in Bali, all of the homes, even modern villas, they all have a temple. Mm. So the way that uh, all the homes are set up is there's the temple is always in the center of the home. So the way that the floor plans are always made, even in all the villas that they're built by the Balinese, they're set up like that. And so we have a temple in our yard So where we live, we live in a place with about four villas. And all the staff who works in all these villas, they had a ceremony for Nippy. So Nippy, I'm not sure if you're familiar or or your listeners are.
0: I'm not
1: aware. So
2: yeah, so I'm gonna try to explain it. I actually am making a video about it today. So I I like researched a little bit. I gotta just like counter, like check and make sure that it's right. But Nippy is a day that everything shuts down on the island. Mm -hmm. So everything. It's the biggest ceremony. I think it's for the Saka New Year for the Hindus. And on this day, they believe that the spirits are flying over the island. So the spirits are flying over the island on this day. So on this day, no one uses electricity. So all the electricity is turned off. All of the 4G towers, the phones don't work. Everything's shut down. This year, they did keep the Wi-Fi on, but normally they don't. And, for example, to show you how big this holiday is, there's no one allowed on the road. Every road is closed in the, entire, in the entire island of Bali. Every road's closed. And at the same time, the airport closes. So you can imagine, the airport shuts down. Nothing. So yeah. there's no emissions in the sky. It's, it's that big of a holiday. But the day before, they go around and they bless the homes. So if, I were, if we've been in other villas, we were in another villa last year. So what they did is they came, the staff came, and they just blessed it. They go around, sprinkle the holy water and have a little ceremony. I don't understand everything because, of course, they're speaking Balinese. And so all the staff from these four villas and our staff here who takes care of us, they invited us out with their family. So we kind of sat there and just did a little ceremony uh, to bless the homes. And the if anyone checks on my Instagram, I don't know when, if you can go back to my Instagram to around March 14th, <laughs> you'll see the sky. And the reason why the sky looks so amazing is because on that day, there's no emissions at all. There's not a scooter out on the road. There's not a car driving. Everyone's at home. There's no electricity being used and no flights going over the island.
1: Wow. So
2: that's why you can see the Milky Way galaxy. You can see everything. And yeah, that was what the ceremony was for. So it was bigger than a ceremony. This was like their New Year's, the equivalent to the American like New Year's.
1: Yeah,
0: wow.
2: Bali style. <laughs>
1: well,
0: yeah, Bali style for sure. It seems like a very um, different life over there.
2: Yeah, oh, 100%. Wow.
0: Cool. Well, I love that and I will con- be continue doing my research on Bali and <laughs> that includes just keeping up with your YouTube channel because you just give so much valuable information and I actually like that when you do film, you, you, you know, you take us along with you and you actually do show mm-hmm. where you are. You like, yeah, yeah. Is it like B-roll, you know, yeah, like, yeah,
2: maybe, yeah, the camera just trying low. to show where I'm filming, yeah. Yeah, it's
0: fantastic <laughs> and it just, uh, it just seems so like, fresh there like fresh air the i noticed i was watching your video the other day and i, was, I just kept saying to myself like the grass is so vibrant and green it's <laughs> yeah. so bright and beautiful and just looks so healthy and vibrant and alive and i'm like if 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 um if the plants are like that then the people have to be like that too I was
1: like, absolutely oh gosh yeah and the people
2: the people is the number one reason to come here Mm. you know forget about the nature yes. and all that the palm trees and um after the pot after we finish recording I'll show you outside of here where I'm staying and you can yeah. see but but I mean the people are so kind and nice and so grateful like they live in a state of gratitude every morning they put out offerings the, the Hindus which is most of the people on the island they put out offerings every single morning and mm. give gratitude sometimes we'll come out now I'll, I'll be taking my scooter in the morning there'll be just an offering on my scooter with like an incense stick burning because they stay in the state of gratitude. So if there's one thing that I've learned from all the programs I've taken, all the things that I've done throughout 2020, everything, Tony Robbins has been a big influence on me. It's it's living in that state of gratitude,
1: yeah. You
2: know, because when you're in that state of gratitude, you can't be mad, you can't be angry, you can't take things for granted. Yeah. And the people here live in that state. They don't have, when I first got here, when I sometimes, I call it putting on your glasses. So everywhere you go, I tell people, like, just sometimes throw on your little American glasses. So if you're an American, you put your American glasses on, you'd be like, what on earth? They live in a shack. They don't have anything. They're, this place looks dirty. Yeah. And then if you put those glasses on, but then you, you really look closer, and you look in the back, you see this lady who's working in this one little wooden hut. She's back there with her child. She's playing with her kid. They're laughing and joking. Maybe they have one or two clients that day, but they're laughing. They're having a great time. They're not making a lot of money. Some of them they don't make anything,
1: right. but they live
2: in this strain of gratitude. I get to spend this time with my family. Like I'm alive, and you feel that energy. And a lot of people who don't want to stay in that attitude, that could be someone who Bollywood almost like kick out. Mm-hmm. Bollywood almost reject it because you'd be so tired of people just being happy all the time. Yeah. You know. You, do you, yeah.
0: Do you think it's because of like those distractions and the stimulation is taken away from them because because they've had more time to really connect with themselves? Because a lot of the times, especially in the Western world, like people will hear, be grateful, be grateful. It just like think of the things you're grateful about. And then a lot of the times people will do it, but they'll be like, yeah, but I still feel unhappy. I'm still triggered by that, mm-hmm. I'm still annoyed by that, By that. Is it simply just because of the energy over there and that there is so much taken away that it there's just pure mm-hmm. peace to feel that gratitude?
1: Um,
2: well, I think that it's just the focus you know, your focus equals your feeling. Mm -hmm. So people, whatever you focus on, if I focus on how hot it is right now, I could be pretty annoyed here at Bali right now. But if I focus on how beautiful it is outside, now all of a sudden I'm like, okay, that's that's amazing. And now I'm like, well, let me just go inside because it's a little hot. But you can easily, people can shift their focus instantly. That's what determines how you feel. So a lot of people here, they focus on their family. They focus on being together. They focus on working, but working doesn't run their life. They work all the time and they've integrated that into their life. So when they work, they're with their kids at work. They're laughing and joking at their work. Like there's no rules and very like, this is when you work and this is when you're done working. And most of the time when people are done working, they're dreading going to work the next day. Here, they've done something that I have realized I've never seen in any other culture where they just implement it into their life. So they'll have their home, but in front of their home is their little stand where you can buy water and coffee and there, you'll show up. I pulled up sometimes, I want a coconut. And there's no one there, and I just wait. I honk my horn. They come out the house in their pajamas, like eating, and they just like, oh, coconut. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They give that. it, they pay, it, and they they go back inside with their kid running around in the background. We don't have that in the states, and even in Europe, it's not even so prevalent. In Eastern Europe, I've seen it, but here, there's such a bond with family and just they have integrated like their life design with their work. Yeah. Even though it's a weird combination of how you can implement both together, but I mean, I think the most happy people do that they're having fun, they're laughing, they're joking, they're always smiling. I don't think I've ever seen them not smiling. Yeah, know?
0: that's something that you always <laughs> make a point of in your videos is that the people are always smiling and mm-hmm. obviously that has to be contagious.
2: Yeah, and yeah, of course. And, and you're just like, how? I remember getting here being so confused because when you see that, and before I came here, I'm living in Europe and I traveled all around. So when someone's smiling, it's like, oh, they want me to buy something. I'm a Western, they, suit, they do that. But then I started to look more closely and I'm like, wait a minute, they're laughing with each other. Like Mm -hmm. they laugh with each other. They're just laughing all the time. I'll go to the markets. Like, you know, I, I take some Tony Robbins programs and they're all reverse time here. So the programs, like I'm taking a program business mastery coming up this week and it starts at 11 PM until 3 PM. So it's the entire night, the next morning and afternoon. And during these breaks, like we'll have maybe a 20 minute break. I get on my scooter and ride around. So I'll ride around 2.30 in the morning, 5.30 in the morning. These are when the breaks are. And I remember, like, this was the first time I did it was maybe four months ago. And I rode around. It's like 3 o'clock in the morning. And they're setting up the market already. And they're just laughing like crazy. And I stopped the scooter and just looked at them like, it's 3 in the morning. They're setting up these tables. And they have fish. And they're, they're all laughing. They just integrate it. And it's just like, that's who they are most people feel like they have to laugh and they have to do something to laugh. Like you ever had someone, and maybe your listeners can relate to this, where you have someone and like, what are you smiling for? What
1: right. are you laughing for? Yeah. It's
2: like, what like, do you need a reason for? I'm
0: sorry. Is that, <laughs> is that a bad thing? Is that making you uncomfortable? Like-
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they, yeah. But they need a reason. There has yeah. to be a reason like, for it. And it's like, no, I'm just smiling. That's all.
0: Yeah.
2: And that's what they do here.
0: Oh, that is so cool. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I love yeah. about other cultures. And um, I want to take a moment and transition and talk a little bit about solo travel in particular.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a really, really big thing in this day and age right now. And mm-hmm. as, as we know, um, travel alone, just in general, can be so impactful. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: A lot of times people will have life um life transforming experiences but yeah what is it about solo travel because i know you solo traveled a lot what is it yeah. about solo travel that that is just so expansive for the soul and i just mm. actually want to reiterate because i did not say expensive <laughs>
1: <'Cause that's
0: laughs> yeah expansive because it, it, yeah. it definitely can be affordable if you find ways around it so why is it so expansive for the soul you think
2: Yeah, well, solo travel is, I think it's amazing. And one of the best things and most challenging things you can do because, and free things that you can do. And it could be free if you wanted to be in a physical sense, but it's free because you're forced to be with yourself. You know, you're, you know, when you travel, you know, I I have so so many examples, um, but Ukraine just keeps coming to my mind because that was the first country that I went to where it's Cyrillics. I've been to, to Greece, but I can kind of understand, but it's Cyrillic. So you can't even, Cyrillic is like the alphabet, the Russian alphabet. So you can look at a sign and you don't know what anything is. You don't know what a letter is or anything. And you'll show up and I remember showing up and that's when I'm just like, that's the power of solo travel because it's not like I can look at someone like, so what are we gonna do next? Which, which, Which train platform are we on? It's like, no, you have to ask yourself. Now you have to ask yourself these questions. And you have, to, you have to get yourself to empower yourself to figure out how are we going to do this? Like, I missed my flight. Like, I've been, this has been plenty of times. Rome, I went to the wrong airport.
1: Oh my God. And it's like, well,
2: what do you want to do? What do you want to do? You're by yourself. What are you going to do? Are you going to sit here and get irritated? You're going to get mad at the train station for selling you the wrong ticket. What are you going to do? And now it's just like, you see what you have inside of you that you're not challenged with when you're in your normal habitat. You know, you're not challenged to when you're at home. Like if I tap someone, I call it zombie mode. But if I were to close your eyes, like cover your eyes and say, walk me through the day. You're like, okay, we're going to drive out here, turn right. You could probably do it, you know. But when you're in another country, you can't. You're stimulated by so many things. Like I remember being in Bangkok and just being like, where am I? (laughs) You know, and you're on your own. So you have to you have to lean on yourself. And there's very few instances in your normal life where that comes to because you can just ask someone for help. Like I can say, where do I go? But now when you're in a foreign country, you don't speak the language. You can't read any of the letters. Now you have to dig deep. You have to pull out your creativeness that people don't have. I have an example from this morning. I had to buy, I was buying some fruit here. It's called Sabo is the name of it. And it's like a Kiwi, a Balinese Kiwi is my favorite fruit. And the lady was, I didn't know the price. So I'm like, what's the price? And I'm like, how much is the price? And she spent about 30 seconds looking for her calculator and trying to pull up to show me the price and then finally it took time and I was like that's so interesting and I was like I could tell they haven't traveled a lot because that they just waste a lot of time when you travel a long time you realize like you can just hold up how many fingers I don't know how many fingers the price is like what is it two zero three what but right. it's like we go to like our comfort and I think when you solo travel and it's taken away you learn about yourself you learn ways to communicate you learn ways which is the whole reason I got into coaching is you learn ways to solve problems. It's all about solving problems. That's it. It's not yeah. about anything else. Mm-hmm. Once you can solve problems, it doesn't matter what problem comes, you know how to solve it.
0: So that would be one of the
2: most expensive.
0: I like that. And I actually um, resonate with that because I've solo traveled. And one of the things that really um, stood out to me the most was as I was navigating my way around a whole nother world, literally mm-hmm. my eyes, yeah. it, I realized that I was building skills, the skill of Mm -hmm. confidence and the skill of feeling resourceful, which in itself made me feel confident. Yeah. And a lot of the times like in our day-to-day tasks, like it's very habitual and we do the same things and you don't really get to feel that sense of confidence in your ability to, to problem solve as much when you're in your comfort zone. And I yeah. just think, yeah, I, I just think it's really empowering. Um, that that restlessness yeah. of like, there are so many things that can happen on a trip. You never know what to expect, and that's what makes it exciting, and that's what makes you grow because you're always you're yeah. always in uncertainty. You know.
1: Yeah. Oh,
2: exactly. And and the, and the quality of your life is determined by the number of, by the amount of uncertainty that you can live with. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that would be a whole nother conversation. We should probably jump back on another episode and do that, <laughs> talking, about the, uh, talking about the human needs because you see right. that people are different, you know? And just if I had to summarize it in 30 seconds, you know, there's the four human needs, you know, there's certainty, uncertainty, significance, and loving and connection. And those, the top two of those needs is what drives everything that you do. So the thing that solo travel does is it makes you have to change that, that system. So someone like you, I listen when I talk to anyone, all I do is listen to what their needs are.
1: Mm. And that's
2: how I know what's going to drive them. For someone like you, I, I, would, I would love to travel with you because you can handle uncertainty. It's one of your needs. One of your top needs is uncertainty. But I want you to imagine, and maybe the listeners, while you're listening to this, you guys can imagine as well, someone who is uncertain. Like if me and Tracy are going to travel and we're both uncertain, so we can just jump on a flight. We can do this. No problem. Like we'll figure it out. Like they cancel the hotel. Oh, okay, cool. What are you going to do? Now imagine if you're traveling with someone whose number one need is certainty. Their number one need is certainty. This is like traveling with my parents. (laughs) I'm
1: like, I'm
2: like, I'm like, no, I didn't book the hotel in advance. I didn't (laughs) plan the taxi. I didn't call the taxi company. Or there'll be some way to get to the center. And when you understand that, you're like, oh, solo travel forces you out of that because (laughs) you can't be certain of a lot of things, and everything you have planned usually goes off plan. You have to hang out with people. And you said the most magical thing. You said it forced you to be resourceful. Yeah. And this is the key to everything. It's what I try to tell everyone that I say. I'm like, you're never out of resources. Everyone feels like I don't have enough money. I don't have enough this or that. That's a resource. And you never lack it. You can lack a resource, but you, don't, you never lack, resor- you lack resourcefulness, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Because although maybe you don't have the money to solo travel, I bet you, you could do something a sponsorship you could do have your friends like hey everyone i'm gonna travel for 100 days would you like to do like you could if you really wanted to you could travel everyone could do it full-time they could reach out to every organization that sponsors travels they could trade i met people who travel with no money like i met travelers i met a, a, a couple traveling in ukraine they were on their way to russia and I was like, what are you going to Russia for? They're like, yeah, and they had a knife. They were sharpening, sharpening a knife in the hostel. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah, we're off, to, we're off to Russia. And I was like, what do you have a knife for? They're like, well, because we have a week's worth of food, but the train is nine days. Oh, and I wow. was like, yeah? He's like, yeah, and we're going to stop halfway through and camp, but we don't have food. So we're going to have to hunt. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, I was like, you can buy food. He's like, no, we don't travel with money. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> It's like yeah we have this and this this is what we do is like we just do work away there's places where you can go and work and exchange your time there's a million ways yeah but that's something you don't you don't find people won't, won't be resourceful enough for that the mm. resourcefulness is what determines what you can do
0: i love this conversation so much because that, that's a perfect segue into what i wanted to just mention um because this is going to be the first time i say this to you and my listeners mm. It's very exciting. Um, so I, I'm sure you've heard of Woof, right? The organization WUF, WWF, no. cool. So it's actually like Workaway.
1: Mm, I'm okay. Workaway,
0: But uh, Woof is an acronym that stands for Worldwide Opportunities on Organic Farms. So it's basically, oh, yeah. yeah, it's basically like Workaway only you, and it's, it's worldwide, but right now I'm just doing it in the States. And it's mm-hmm. basically this like volunteering, um, Opportunity to go on all these different farms and just give your time in exchange for free housing and free food. And Absolutely. so I'm really excited because I actually got accepted to two different places that I will be. <laughs> Thank you. <guys. laughs>
1: um,
0: I will be leaving next month, and I will. Um, so I'm in Florida right now, and I'm actually mm-hmm. going to be going to California, at uh, Northern California, and I'll be volunteering at a wellness retreat there, which. That's obviously amazing. like that's like probably a dream for me right um yeah then i'm gonna be doing that for two months and then after that i'm going to be going up to washington state and volunteering on a wow. goat farm so i'm just like that's so
1: I'm amazing so
0: happy like that i finally just made the decision to do full-time travel because i eventually mm-hmm. found out with all the research i've been doing that it is so possible
1: it's possible oh, yeah and if oh, it's yeah.
0: possible and it's what you love to do and it's what your soul's calling you to do, then do it.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I
0: just didn't want to sit back anymore. And I said, I need a change. And I, and you know, I, I wasn't planning on staying in Florida for long for long anyway.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But um yeah, so as of April 7th, 2021, Ooh, I am okay. starting my full-time <laughs> travel lifestyle and I'm super stoked about it. <laughs>
2: It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. And and I, I'm I'm so excited for you to get to California because I'm I'm guessing it might be the first night or maybe the second or third night, you're gonna just have a moment. And this is true of you listeners as well when you take this big leap, when you're gonna you're gonna not believe it's real, but then you're gonna believe it's real. You have to believe it's real. Yeah. But you're gonna be like, what took me so long to <laughs> do this? <laughs>
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I actually, I don't know if you know this about me, but I lived in California for five years, I was in Los Angeles. And, but so I was in Los Angeles, which means I was in Southern California, but I never saw the northern part. And I always wanted to go there when I lived there, but I never got a chance. So now I'm all the way on the other side of the country. And I found that opportunity again and i'm taking it you know uh, like i you know there's there's always a way back if if like there's never like um what's the phrase oh i'm i'm too uh it's too late or mm-hmm. you know i missed out it's like no yeah you know, oh, it's all in the mind it's all in the mind it's always it's in the mind yeah. so so i'm going back
1: yeah. that's <laughs> amazing
0: really excited yeah it's
2: a di- and, and it's all about that desire like but if you have to think about it if you want if I just give you a quick energetics explanation because I love the energetics of things. We're all (laughs)
0: here on empowered embodiment. Yeah,
2: yes, absolutely. And the energetics was your desire. Your desire was strong. Your desire outweighed your fear, which is what people, it's the fear that makes people not do that. It's your desire and you saw it and like, this is what I want to do. And although there's there's fear, that desire to want to know more about yourself, to have a better life, that desire trumped that fear. So anything that you want to do in life you have a desire for it but there's also a fear they both come hand in hand you don't you don't ever you can never do nothing without fear like there's fear there you can either walk with the fear or you walk away with the fear means if you're scared to pet a dog you can either pet the dog while you're scared and conquer it or you can walk away and for the rest of your life you'll be scared to pet a dog same thing but once that desire trumps it then you realize like wait a minute like that was scary, but I have a desire for that. And then that just leaves, that gives you more, that builds that trust muscle in yourself, you know, because, and at the same time, you have to deal with a lot of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. So it's about discerning, like, yo, uncertainty. I can live with the uncertainty of leaving and up and traveling. And what maybe, maybe you didn't even realize and what maybe your listeners don't realize is that when you do that, if it fails, if, any, if you have this huge desire to travel the world and you, you just have $500 and you just buy a one-way ticket, Even if it fails, you will never regret that decision. It might be one of the most powerful decisions you ever make of your entire life because you did it through fear and you just said, I don't care. And you went straight through it. You can always go back to your home and work. You can always find somewhere to sleep for cheap. You can always work at McDonald's, but you can't always just pack up and travel. And the example that I give to people, and I'll keep it really short, is you know, my grandma knows that I travel and, and she's like 90. So she doesn't really understand everything, you know, and she knows I'm always gone. And, and I was trying to tell her like, you know, I, I just, I love traveling. And, and I went home for two weeks before I came here to Asia. I traveled in Europe for almost a year. Then I came home for just two weeks before I would fly to, here to Asia and be here for a, over a year. And she didn't, every day she was like debating with me. Like, what do you do that for? You don't want to just stay at home. I was like, no. And every day she saw me come back home. There's a store called REI and they sell all outdoor gear. So, every day I'd come home with a pair of outdoor shoes because I replaced all my gear. I'd come home with a big bag, like an Osprey bag. I, I had to travel with an Osprey uh, 40 or Osprey 37 liter bag because you can put it on top of the plane, you don't have to check it. And she sees me do this and she knows I'm leaving the next day. And something cracked in her when she was like, he's actually going. And she's just like, she just like, because I would bring her coffee and the egg McMuffin every morning and we'd sit and talk. And she was just like, you know, Luke, she's like, I'm proud that you're doing this. I was like, Grandma, we have coffee every single morning, and egg, I bring you an egg and muffin, you've always been talking me out of it, and I'm like, I do this. She's like, she's like, honey, you, you can do it, you're young, Aww. and this is a whole different size." I was like, what do you mean, I was like, she's like, here. and my grandma sleeps in another room, which is only about, for us, it would take us like 10 seconds to get in there, she's like, for me to come in here, Luke, she's like, it took me four Tylenols to get out of bed and walk over here, she's like, my knees can't do it, she's like, my body can't do it anymore, She's like, so I'm glad you do it when you're young. And that was our last in-person conversation before I flew to Bangkok. And it made me realize, you know, she put this conditioning conditioning like, no, you should come. And then it was just like, actually, when I actually think about it and I don't change his belief, he's right for him. And do it while you're young. You know, you can't always, you won't always have the time. If you have an extra $500 and you can travel, you might not have an extra $500 that you can spend on travel. You might not have the time. 2020 could work as a powerful lesson. If everyone knew 2020 was going to happen the way it did, I guarantee you half the world would have quit their jobs in 2019 and started right. building their own business and traveling. Right. But we just assume that we can do it later.
0: Yeah. And what, one thing I really take with me closely now is that you can always make more money, but you cannot get back time. And so time should be your most valuable, valuable asset right there. It's to just like remind yourself every day that time is precious because you're not getting it back. So yeah. you
2: might as well do what you love now. Absolutely. And one of my favorite quotes, I, I don't have the tattoo yet, but it's, it's called, it's Memento Marie. Memento Marie is Latin for remember your death. Mm.
1: Right.
2: And when you, yeah, and you you find something that you, it's almost like the, the hack is to find something you die for. Like, like if I die traveling, like, I tell my mom, like, no, I died with a smile on my face. Unless I was, like, hijacked by pirates or something like that. But still, I was like, that was a, that was a cool adventure, you know? <laughs> exactly. but yeah, yeah, you know? So it's like, find something that you would die for and then live for that.
0: Ooh, ooh, that's deep. I actually had to take a deep breath when you said that because I really <laughs> felt that. <Yeah. laughs> I like
2: that.
0: And you have that tattooed on you, you said?
2: I'm getting it tattooed. It's called oh. Memento Marie. It's Latin and it's on, they printed it on a coin. Wow. And it says, it stands to remember your death. So really cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's amazing.
2: important to remember cause it makes you look at things different. And when you accept it, you know when you accept that that can happen at any time and not sometime in the projected future. And when you start to realize that everyone who died today had plans for today, mm. everyone who died today had plans that they wanted to do in six months. So there's no difference if we passed away today, we'd have plans and we'd have things. And when you realize, when you realize that you're just like, what am I waiting for? Like anything you do that is not making you happy. What, what are you doing? You can die at any time. Not that you should fear death, but you know, it can happen at any time and truly understand that, Mm -hmm. that you can have things taken away from you. Like study people who are old. It's the regrets that kill you. It's not the bad decisions. Everyone here will make bad decisions, and I make more bad decisions than anyone. I fail. I lose money. I lose time. I, I make mistakes all the time. But I don't regret any of my mistakes that I've made. What I regret is that I didn't do things sooner. Is that I didn't I didn't open my mind soon. I didn't have access. It wasn't possible. But everyone listening to this podcast, and as they continue to listen to you and your journey, then they'll they know this information. So now they're choosing what they do from a conscious perspective of knowing that I know that I can have the life that I want, but I'm choosing. And they need to understand that you're choosing to stay in the same place. You're choosing to stay unhappy. Mm-hmm. And this is something that's really that is really eye opening when you really look at it, because that's basically what you're doing. It feels safe, but they're choosing it. And all of our decisions in life are based off of pleasure and pain. It's based off of this will bring me pleasure, or excuse me. Are, are they're based off of avoidance of pain. Mm-hmm. So people will choose this because it's pleasurable or because it will avoid pain. So people will choose a life of, of avoiding pain, which is uncertainty, which is one of your superpowers actually, I must I acknowledge you on that. I, I love people who have uncertainty at the top because anyone who has certainty at the top, there's nothing really certain. So you're leading with something that is never true. Like someone whose number one thing is safety like you're never really safe. When are you safe enough? When do you have enough money? These things come to you all the time. I can tell you personally, you think like, once I have this amount of money, I'll be fine. But it doesn't happen. It hasn't happened for me throughout when I had no money to when I was pro athlete to now. Now there's just other things. Now you have more money. So now if you were scared to like, I don't live hundred bucks, I don't know what to do with it. Like, I don't want to give it away. If you're not going to give a dollar of your hundred bucks away, to people who need it. You're not gonna give a million of your hundred million. If you're scared, worried about where the money's gonna come from next, for example, then when you make more, it's just gonna be the same and amplified. Like what Bali does, mm. you're gonna feel it the same.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's
2: something to realize. And if you don't, and so someone who is leading with certainty and all these things, it's just gonna be amplified, you know? And, and how are you gonna be successful at something if you need to be certain of it? When can you ever be certain enough? When can you ever have enough money? When can you have enough friends? when can you have enough likes on your Instagram? When can you have enough subscribers? Doesn't happen. Ever.
0: So true. So true. We look so much for external validations when we ourselves alone are worthy enough just for, from being alive. We don't need anything exactly. outside of us.
1: Exactly.
2: That's beautiful. <laughs> just being alive. Like Just being alive.
0: It. I mean, isn't that like a amazing gift and in itself shouldn't that make you feel so fucking worthy just by being alive that is a privilege it is a privilege and you know we don't know what is what was before this or what's after this but all we should know is that right here and now there's so 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 much to be grateful for like we can just piggyback right on that topic real quick but there Mm. is so much to be grateful for this world is so beautiful and that's one of the reasons why i personally as well as you want to see it so much is because Mm. there is so much more out there than what we've been brought up to believe or that we've only seen um so yeah man it's just travel has been so monumental in my life as I'm sure it has been for you and um I was just curious I mean I I think I might know I could be wrong but just from watching your
1: video
0: (laughs) um (laughs) just wondering if you can think of a place where you had a transformational maybe spiritual experience and why like was there a certain place where you were just like it's your whole world opened up to a whole new perspective
2: oh yeah um Malta
0: (laughs) okay I wasn't actually expecting that
2: yeah, you <laughs> probably thought Poland.
0: Poland, yeah, because you even wrote a book on it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, Poland changed my life, and it really got me to a point. And like I say, every every level has a devil, Ooh. so we always are we always are fighting.
0: Like <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of that. I'm gonna write that down. What did you say?
2: <laughs> every every level has a devil.
0: That's so good.
2: Yeah, so it's a lot of times that once we've beaten the devil on one level the devil that we're worried about is the devil we're fighting now. And when the stage gets bigger, that devil is bigger. And so if I look back and I really think about it, like I could say, oh, it was going to Barcelona or it was when I first stepped off the plane in Australia for the first time to live there away from my family or when I got to college and I did that, that was huge. But Malta was the the big one because I already had done, I had done everything I wanted to do. And so that really forced me to look in the mirror of, we have these dreams and you set your life up and it's something that you're going to have to do as well in a few months of, you're going to realize like, oh my gosh, I'm, I, cause I just like retired, semi-retired from basketball. I've been traveling for about seven months now and I'm making videos and everything was great. And like I say, what you're going to have to do in a few months is you're going to be like, wait, you have a dream of what your life can be like. And you finally made that dream possible and you've exceeded that dream. So the question that needs to be asked is, well, once I've exceeded my dream and I'm living in this magical dream, what do my dreams look like now? Mm. Can I even dream them now? Like, is this it? And when I was in Malta on this island and the whole story of Malta is I I was waiting for my sister to come visit me in Barcelona and I got the dates mixed up and I flew back early and I had 10 days until she came. And I was like, I don't want to wait here. And I don't want to go back to France or south of Spain because she might want to do that. So I was like, let me just, I was laying in my hospital bed. I was like, let's see where I can go. I'll just fly somewhere tomorrow see if there's a good flight.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I looked at Skyscanner, which is the app that I was on every day before when I was traveling mm-hmm. and especially full-time travel because then you save so much money because you just go with the flights are cheaper.
1: Yeah. You know.
2: So I just like, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a flight tomorrow to a place called Malta. It's full of rocks, but it, it looks cool. It's only 30 bucks. I was like, okay, I'll book it. And so I booked that flight and I got to Malta and it was amazing. The people were so nice. and It was an island and it was just like, I found like my place, my hostel with the food across the street. I'm like, this is perfect. And I'm waiting for my sister. So I have this like built up energy and joy. And the biggest monumental moment for me, spiritual moment was I was there and I, I was walking along the, there's a place that when you get to, um, I think it's called St. Joe's or I can't remember the name, St. Joseph. It's like a little area where all the tourists are. And you walk along the water and, or St. Julian is the name, St. Julian's. And you walk along the port and it's lit up, it's beautiful. And I was walking there and I just was like, man, I've done all this stuff. Like, what do I wanna do next? And then everything in life is about the questions we ask ourselves. So I started to ask myself a different question. Like, well, what is holding me back from seeing what is in the future? Like to see what I want next, why can't I see that? Like, what is the energetic block right now? And as I walked up and down that that path, I did about three or four nights and I just was like I need to fix my bond with my family. Like I was like, this is something that I need to fix. I need to speak to all of my family members, let them know I love them. I care about them. I want to have a closer relationship with them because I'm living what I, I'm doing what I want. I'm loving every moment of my life and I can do it and be where I want to. It's not a problem. So now it's like, well, what's more important than all that? I was like, well, my family, the relationship I have with them, the relationship that I have close with people. And it was in that moment I called each of my family members throughout that next week. I got a big family. And I called them all. And I just was like, you know, I love you. And I know I've been gone and traveling, but I just want to have a closer bond with you. And I came from a place of of non-reactivity, of just letting them know that I care about them and I want them to know that, that I'm not someone who's just taken off and I'm trying to avoid them. Because what you'll realize is sometimes when you're traveling or doing things and moving, especially if you're moving really quickly and moving through a lot, a lot of different friends, a lot of different places, is that you're compensating for something, that you're avoiding some kind of pain. Right. And, and so I just was like, I need to reach out to my family and say that. And it was at that moment, it was monumental because as I did it, I've had this sense of freedom and relief and just like this inner peace that I had and realizing that that was so important. I don't think that you can have a bitter relationship to someone close to you and thrive and reach your full potential. You can become a millionaire. You can you can have all the things you want, but there'll always be something missing because you're, you're hiding a piece of your heart. And I was like, if I can open my heart to people who I don't know, I was like, I need to make sure that my family knows that I'm always there for them. Not that the relationship was bad with them, but I was like, they need to know more. Yeah. And that was the huge spiritual moment for me. And that led to me going home early and surprising my family actually um, for Christmas and having that conversation, I had the pre-conversation and when I got home, I had to with them and I said, well, it's gonna be different now. So I'm gonna come home every three months and I'll come home for maybe a week or two and then I'll go back to traveling because now I don't have basketball where I'm gone for 10 months out of the year. And that's when 2020 hit. Yeah. And I can think if I didn't have that conversation with them I wouldn't have followed that inner voice, that intuition that's always lead us in the right way. I would have had so much sadness this past Christmas. I would have had so many things I didn't say in person, not knowing when I could go back to the States and leave. And that was huge for me because that opened up the door and brought so much peace. And that's when I came to a realization that I'm not running from anything anymore. I am me and this is who I am. And when you spend your life on the run, you get so used to it. But like a prisoner on the run, it gets tiring after a while looking over your shoulder. But the second you hear, you're free there's an energy. You don't have to look over your shoulder. You don't have to look for that next thing that bring you peace. And that would have been the biggest
1: moment.
0: (laughs) That's beautiful. Um, Thank you for sharing that. Yes. And I think that is such a beautiful way to almost end this episode. And I have one more question for you. And um, I think it's important because we we talked a lot about you know spirituality and how it involves mm-hmm. with travel or, or how it intertwines and if if you could tell someone who's never solo traveled before
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they're afraid to and and you can yeah. tell them three things to actually do that to do that thing what would they be
2: um if i could tell them three things I don't think I would tell them three things. I would just tell them one thing. I would tell them to just go do it. Because because the first step has to be easy with anything we do in life. And a lot of times, most of your listeners most likely, like us, are probably overthinkers. And you can read as much books as you want on solo travel. You can read as much books as you want on Bali. You can read as much books on learning French or whatever it is. You'll learn a thousand times more by doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way it has to be, it would, I guess what I would say is take the massive scary action. That's what I'd say. That's something that I tell everyone.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Is it kind of, are you basically saying kind of like feel the fear and do it anyway type of thing?
2: Yeah. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Whatever phrase you have to say, but just do it. It's like most people spend their life standing next to the cold water pool, not jumping in as if waiting an extra 20 minutes next to the pool and you know the water's cold is gonna make it easier. It's gonna be cold when you jump in there. You can do as much meditation and and thinking and reading. You're gonna, you, you you have to jump in. That's it, it's the only way. Like I can't, I can, we can do, I can do a whole masterclass for six hours about how to jump into a cold water pool or take a cold shower, but you'll never learn more than you will by just getting in the cold shower. And it starts with just taking little scary actions. Take a cold shower, for example. And I guess, actually, technically, what I would say if I had three things, I would tell them to work hard, be brave, and don't forget to smile. (laughs) Yes. And if anyone doesn't know,
0: that's that's Luke's tagline at the end of every single YouTube video and makes me happy every time he says it.
2: Yeah, I I would say that. I would would tell them to take the scary action first, but then I would say work hard, be brave, don't forget to smile. I would tell them to say that to themselves all the time because you have to work hard. And I thought about changing that to working smart. But- Working hard, you know, and I will probably change the tagline working smart, but you have to figure it out. Like you can work hard, but it's not working. You have to change it, change the approach, pivot to something. And then I'd say, be brave because you have to have courage without courage. Nothing is done. The greater the achievement that you've seen someone accomplish, the greater risk they've taken. The more like for me, everyone looked at being a pro athlete as a dream job. Well, it wasn't so much in the sense of everything was perfect. Like we trained an hour and a half in the morning, two hours at night. That was my life for 10 months out of the year, for 12 years. And 7 a.m. when I'm tired, I don't feel like getting up, I still had to. So I have to be brave to do that. And people think that it just is easy and it it requires courage to be away from your family. It requires that. And more importantly, when you start to apply that, you're able to do that at the next level where it's really required. There's certain fears and things that you can, there's a certain level you can get to in life without sacrificing things. You can get to a certain level without being brave. But there's a certain level you will never cross in your life if you're not brave. I'm sorry, Tracy, you would never be able to go to California if you weren't brave. That required being brave. That required all the feelings and facing yourself and looking at mirror, like, are we doing this? Yes, we're doing this. And it required all of that. That doesn't take the same thing if I say, hey, Tracy, try another restaurant today. Not the same. So I would say that to be brave. And then I'd say don't forget to smile because we go through life and we're so hard on ourselves and people beat themselves up. They focus on their mistakes. They worry about what's gonna happen, what things can go wrong. And they worry about other people and how they will be perceived. And what they do is they forget to smile. They forget to be compassionate on themselves. They forget to not feel guilty for taking a day off. They forget to not feel guilty about having a cheat meal. And they beat themselves up. And if you just look in the mirror and you smile for 10 seconds, you'll see that life will change really quickly. And you'll find yourself maybe laughing in front of that mirror. And then maybe you start crying in front of that mirror. And then you just are standing there and you're just like, what on earth? And that's the power yeah. within you.
1: Mm.
0: All right, folks. Well, you heard it here. Um, yeah, those, those, those couldn't. Actually, I, that was the perfect question to ask you in particular because
1: <laughs> it those <was>. are three
0: <laughs> mottos you live by and it's live perfect. By. So yeah, say yeah. it one more time.
2: Work hard, be brave, don't forget to smile.
0: Don't forget to smile. Well, thank you so much, Luke. It was such an honor having you on. Hey, sweet one. Thanks for joining in today. If you'd like to stay connected with me in this community for more exclusive content like meditations, breathwork, and embodiment videos, then sign up in the show notes to be a part of the Empowered Email Community. That's also where you can book your private breathwork and coaching sessions with me, as well as exciting group programs. If you're ready for long-term support, look no further than my six-month private mentorship, where we dive deep into old patterns and belief systems to take you from surviving to thriving as an empath. If you found value in this episode, It would give me so much value and joy if you head over to Apple Podcasts and write a review about the show. And if you're an active listener, you have the option too to support the podcast with a monthly contribution. Whether it's by writing a review or giving what you can, you are helping other magical humans like yourself find this magical community. Thank you for being here. You are in the right place. You are in the empowered place.